0: another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glasser coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break nba draft junkies the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, Lakerholics.com, and the Hoopheads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, we can just for a moment take a deep breath, catch our breath because the season's over and the play-ins are about to start starting tomorrow as we record this with the Eastern Conference play-ins. But I thought I'd take a little bit of a time out to talk to a good friend of mine. Not what we usually talk about. But what we're going to talk about as far as season ending awards. So I thought I'd throw a little bit of change of pace for him. It is a man who hosts on Mondays and Thursdays the N- locked on NBA draft podcast. And also, of course, he's the mastermind behind NBA draft He's a man who Jamie Sweet has just said in the comment board, What's up, Roth? It's going well. It is a good man indeed. It is Raphael Barlow, my good friend. How are you? I know. Busy is always part of that sentence.
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. I don't know if I'm the mastermind. That's kind of like (laughs) big shoes to fill, but I am behind. You've got some big shoes to
0: fill, my friend. I mean, because the podcast that's locked on, you've got all the stuff that's going on with over 14,000 subscribers on YouTube, on your NBA Draft Junkies channel. You've got great videos going there, including some exclusive ones, an exclusive one you just dropped, actually. You've got so much more going on there. Your podcast today that you dropped as we're recording this, you almost had it just like it mm, that guess that you mm, that a lot of people want. But yeah. if you know what you still had a great podcast, nonetheless, as far as covering the first round, the playoffs. You had so, talking about some great workouts that you've seen firsthand, and of course, not the J. Cole League, but the Basketball <laughs> Africa League. So, you know, I know J. Cole League has been called, but no, it's called the Basketball African League. And I thought I wanted to hear a lot about that because I know there's some great pos, prospects that will be here playing in the NBA eventually. So that's what I wanted to hear about the most. But again, a great podcast from you nonetheless, my friend, and people should check it out right away.
1: Thanks for listening. It's one of those things where, you know, when you do your podcast, you never know who's actually listening and who's actually, you know, listening all the way through. I, I know there's times where I'll turn on the podcast and I listen to like the first two minutes and then. I go on about my day. So I appreciate each and every person that has taken time out of their day, whether they're on their way to work or they're at work or whatever, just listening to the podcast, because, you know, it started off as a hobby, which, you know, I, I've mentioned it plenty of times. I thank you for kind of putting me on the gang. It was maybe around, give or take a few weeks, a year ago at this time that I started. And, you know, it, it's, it's been a, a fast rise as I you know, I'm on the Locked Network, and then I have the show on, on Dash Radio. So, thank you for you know for having me on as a guest, and then also give me advice and you know telling me how to get started. So now it's like, damn, I'm about to really try to make this a career. And and the next step for me, the next goal is to to do TV. Like I really want to be like a a guest analyst during draft time. So I'm trying to do put more of my podcast on video on, on YouTube now, which it kind of kills two birds with one stone. It allows me to get my content up, which gets my subscribers up, which allows me to, you know, generate some type of income. So again, so thank you. So I kind of went on a tangent there, but
0: No, no worries, my friend. This is all because of you. you you've worked so hard. You've earned this ever since I checked out your site years ago and tried to reach out to you years ago. <laughs> and unfortunately we didn't cross paths then, uh, but I was so glad that I came back and uh, got a chance to meet and meet you. And over the many times we've talked and over the many shows that we've done together, just seeing how your whole NBA Draft junkies experience has grown by leaps and bounds. And I'm so happy that the Locked On Podcast Network has reached out to you and made you an integral part of their team. I know it's to their benefit and I know that going forward, your show, especially the ones that you do, are going to be the major part of that network. And I cannot congratulate enough for you for your success. And I'm hoping that will relate onto a platform, like you said, to a video platform where people can watch you, whether it may be NBA TV or other streaming or video outlets, that you can provide your expertise to a larger, more, more just a general audience that can appreciate your work up front.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, I just got to figure out a better way of getting my podcast done at a decent time. Like the last few weeks, I've probably started recording at like 11 p.m. and then I finished at three because I'm so like particular about the editing and editing out the ums and making sure that. You know, everything I said was accurate, as you can imagine. Sometimes when you're talking to yourself (laughs) and you're going off the top of your head, you may have some inaccurate information or you may say something wrong. But if I can just get better at time, then I'll be a little bit more productive. But I'm, I'm thankful and grateful for, I guess, the success that I've been able to have in such a short amount of time.
0: I know I had to edit two podcasts this morning. And I repeat this morning because it started around 10 11 PM and then I go all the way to four for both my shows that that dropped on Monday. So I know how that is. I know, like you said, you want to be very particular. You want to provide the consumers and listeners out there a good product that they can listen to and not try to go ahead. And, Oh, I can't decipher what they're trying to say because it's interrupted by a whole bunch of junk in between. So I truly, uh, sympathize with you and know that, On Monday mornings when I'm trying to get mine done, I know you're trying to get yours done as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen four o'clock, I've seen five o'clock. Then I have to get up and work and start my day. And luckily I was able to get a quick nap in today, but I have to make sure I don't oversleep. But (laughs) it's, uh, it's, it's all worth it.
0: Well, I do want to thank Michael Johnson, Jamie Sweet, V. Garcia, Anthony Johnson. They're already on the hotline in the comments already. Today, like I said, we're going to discuss... The season-ending awards. And we're going to hand out some season-ending awards as far as the NBA is concerned. And we'll see what happens there for our picks for a range of the type of awards that are out there. But I do thank everybody for watching and listening. First up, my friend, I think we'll touch on this, and that is the coach of the year. The coach Mm -hmm. never gets enough respect, but gets a lot of the blame, as we've seen in both Lakerland and also right now in Portland, especially if there's an early exit there. Terry Stotts, that that hot seat will be flaming, like yeah. Cheetos flaming hot, you know, if, if something happened. I mean, you even mentioned it on your show about yeah. how that seat is going to be hot if they lose in the first round, and there's an early exit there. So I want to hear your thoughts on your choice, a couple picks maybe, or your main choice, of course, for Coach of the Year.
1: This is the toughest to decide because, you know, Utah Jazz – you have to factor in how their season ended last year with all the different articles about Donovan and Rudy Gobert not getting along. Rudy Gobert being the face of COVID or the shutdown in a sense. Woj had a pretty negative article. Then they lost Donovan for, what, the last two to three weeks, and they still ended up with the number one seed in the Western Conference. So Quinn Snyder for Coach of the Year, is, you know, if that's the choice, there, it's not a bad choice at all. Then on the other hand, you have to look at what Monty Williams has done with the Phoenix Suns. I don't think they've been in the playoffs since it's what Steve Nash, Sean Marion. I mean, it's probably been, what was the last time they were in the playoffs? The year before Nash became a Laker? Yes. <laughs> so, I think that's 2011. Yeah. So it's it's been like 10 years. So on one hand, you, You know, he he deserves a vote. Then you got what Tibbs has done in New York, which, you know, the Knicks hadn't been in the playoffs for, what, since Melo, Stoudemire days. And I know Vegas had them
0: like 22 wins, I think, targeted according to our friends at NBA Carousel. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I think the Suns had expectations. The Jazz had some expectations. I mean, I don't think anybody saw the Suns as the number two seed, but I didn't think anyone ever saw the Knicks as you know a playoff team. Then you got Nate McMillan, even though he didn't start the season, I think he's done a pretty good job. So coach of the year is is definitely going to be tough. Then you know Steve Nash isn't really getting credit, even though his, his roster is talented from you know top to bottom. But then Doc Rivers, you know, it's his first year in Philly. So coach of the year is going to be tough, but for whatever reason I think with the with the media and New York being the media capital of the world, I think they're going to give it to Tibbs. Well, who would you pick, though? Who would I, I, pick? I know
0: who I think you and I both know that Tibbs is probably going to get it because he's in New York he's and brought the Knicks New- back.
1: Oh man, if I had to pick, I mean, I think I would go with Monty Williams and the Suns. But then this is tough because I feel like, all right, if you give. I guess we'll talk about it when we get to the MVP, but I think Monty Williams has done an excellent job as far as like changing the culture. But then again, that's the same thing you can say for Tibbs. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would give the award to Monty Williams.
0: I would too. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a squeaker. I think Tibbs has done a great job. I mean, you got to give him the highest of compliments. He's probably going to burn all those kids out in a year or two. <laughs> Cause you know how he, he just goes ahead and plays the heavy minutes on them. And then also, of course, like you said, with Quinn Snyder at the Jazz. And, of course, Doc Rivers has totally turned around that culture in Philadelphia. But I'd have to say, especially after such tragic things that have happened in his life, yeah. I think Monty Williams is a great choice. And Phoenix has, just like the Knicks, played exceedingly above their expectations. They were probably thinking about sixth, seventh. I think when we started a season, I think you you and I, when we had our podcast, previewing the season. I think we picked them around fifth, sixth, or seventh, you know, on the back end of the the eight-team rotation. Now we've got to go ahead and consider them as a favorite or one of them to go ahead and go really far in the playoffs. And I think a lot of that has to do with Monty Williams.
1: Yep. I see someone commented the ball boy from the Pistons can win with the Brooklyn team. I mean, I don't (laughs) think like managing personalities, especially in the NBA, you got three guys like talent-wise, yeah, I I get it, but I think Nash and D'Antoni have done a pretty good job as far as, like, managing the personalities. I mean, Kyrie has never been a guy that coaches have had the greatest relationships with. I mean, they've been injured. I don't think they've played 10 games together. They're, you know, they're they're big three. I think I played
0: nine, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, not saying that he should win coach of the year, but I I don't want to underestimate the – you know how he's been able to just to to manage. Quite often, he's
0: only had one of the big yeah. three in the lineup for a game. So yeah, he yeah, definitely dude, gets some credit.
1: Bruce Brown at I don't know what position he plays. <laughs> like yeah. power forward, power guard. He's just out there. But yeah, I mean, talent center. wise, yeah, they're they're super talented. And I think anything short of going to the NBA Finals would be a a disappointment. But again you know phil jackson had really really talented teams too i mean think about the bulls team now has four hall of famers yeah (laughs) so
0: with tony kukos yeah
1: yeah so but he did a good job of managing the personality so i don't want to underestimate that this is Raphael from nbadraftjunkies.com and you are listening to the lakers fast break
0: Hey hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury, Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game, don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Well, there's more to talk about on today's program as we head into the Rookie of the Year. And for quite a bit of the year, it looked like it was a no-brainer with LaMelo Ball. And it looked like it was going to be something that was going to be no-brainer, like I said. But over the course of the past month, month and a half, he got injured. Plus, when he came back, he has not been the same or even near it as of yet. And meanwhile, in the last month and a half, Anthony Edwards from the Minnesota Timberwolves has provided a lot of excitement for Minnesota fans. And not all of it was empty calories, not all of it was empty points, because Minnesota has played better the last month and a half of the season. And things may be looking up for that Minnesota franchise now that. Can I, not can only I, add, they... that?
1: Can I add that? Yeah. Why are they playing good? Like, what are they doing? No, they played it themselves out of a top to lose.
0: <laughs> yeah. They played themselves out of a top lottery team, but you know, it just, when you have that kind of talent there with towns and Russell and Beasley, they all came back around the same time to start playing with Edwards. You could see that they can compete next year. If they're healthy, would like to play defense. That would be nice if they could do that. But you know, that may be another story in and of itself, but Halliburton, from sacramento obviously gets some credit as well for being steady all year long before he got injured but i want to hear your thoughts it's a lot closer than we thought it would be for the first two-thirds of the season but who would you have still as the rookie of the year
1: i'm doing a 94 like 94 co-rookies like jason kidd and and grant hill so i'm gonna go with anthony edwards and Lamelo ball i, I think they should split really yeah. You think
0: that? Do you think the voting will end up like that? Because I don't. I still think Lamelo Ball will still probably get uh, a squeak by on the vote. I think it's close, but I I think he'll squeak by.
1: Yeah, I mean, some could say that it could be similar to Luca and Trey Young. Luca yeah. was the front one early in the year. Trey Young finished strong, but everyone's mind seemed to have been made up by January. Which, you know, I, I mean, I I I think that's a fair assessment. But if it were me, I would I would I would do a split because. I feel like Melo had an impact, but then Charlotte seemed to be steady with without him. You know, yeah. they they didn't fall too far in the stand. and that was without Gordon Hayward also. But I feel like Anthony Edwards has the potential to really, really be a special player. And the way he finished, the season was strong, and obviously it, it led to Minnesota winning. It would be pretty awful if... Um, They were doing that push for him to win rookie of the year and they won too many games and it helps them lose their pick, which gives Golden State a, you know, another option to retool. But, yeah, I I would do a split. Halliburton was close. I mean, he was steady. But I don't know, man, the Kings.
0: I agree with Michael Johnson as far as ball being number one. But to me, I'd flip-flop Edwards and Halliburton, but it's close. All three are it's much closer than it was at one period of time when Ball was running away with it. And like you said, Michael Johnson has also agreed with you that they should just hand Golden State the pick now. It's just so funny because, like you said, they should have been tanking, they should have followed the routine of what Cleveland, Oklahoma City, and a couple others, what they were doing as far as the diagram for losing and tanking. And Anthony Edwards has played so well and They've literally just given themselves a worse chance to go ahead and get Cade Cunningham.
1: Yeah, yep. And I mean, but I think Edwards had the most impressive game. That seventeen of twenty two game, yeah, was was crazy. But he he showed flashes of what you know made him so highly regarded. And um, yeah, I, I mean, to me, I would just split it simply because I would go first half, second half, and I think there, Melo was the best rookie the first half. Anthony Edwards was the best rookie in the second half short season. So I'm getting it the split.
0: Once again, I was speaking to my good friend, Raphael Barlow from the locked on NBA draft podcast, NBA draft junkies dash radio all over the place. He is more than just the man with the outro voice on every one of our shows before our first commercial. So just know that he does so much more. <laughs> Thank you so much. That outro is so good. Every time I play it, but Wanted to go ahead and hit you up on this six man of the year. And I know Jordan Clarkson has been the front runner the entire year, but are you convinced that he is the most effective six man, the most effective first individual off the bench for any NBA team? I'm not so convinced on that.
1: Well, I'm not even convinced on
0: his, his own team.
1: Well, he's, he's my six man of the year. It would be tough to, you know, in my opinion, go against him because he's he's you know he's played such a big role in, in everything they have going on in Utah. Like I said, Donovan Mitchell has missed like the last two or three weeks and they've been able to maintain the number one seed. Summer and Phoenix didn't want to be number one or they were trying to avoid certain matchups. But uh, yeah, I just think that from top to bottom and what a steal. I mean they traded him for Dante Exum. Yeah. And that, that was where's
0: he at now? I think in Houston,
1: Probably usual. Yeah. <laughs> so, On the so, uh, list, of course. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Clarkson would 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 be my six man of the year. But I, I guess are you saying Ingles would be your choice?
0: Ingles statistically is much more efficient and yeah, he's had, having
1: like a crazy like one of the best is it one of the best PR yes. years in NBA history or something like that? That is
0: correct. Yes. So, that's what I'm looking at. Far yeah. as efficiency because clarkson has done a whale of a job i'm not trying to underestimate anything that he's done or brought to the utah jazz he's been a spark plug on many of occasion but there are also points in time where people have looked to joe ingles and he is just super deadly from deep i mean yeah. if you go into a game right now and two guys are coming off the bench joe ingles and also as well jordan clarkson most of the teams in the nba are focusing more on joe ingles because they he scares them more than Jordan
1: Clarkson does. So I think it's, I'd have to say in my opinion, it's the other, I think Ingles is the steadier, but Clarkson is a guy that, you know, he's a, but the a is a guy winner. that
0: can hit if, you know, I mean, you fear him like you fear, not like you fear a Curry mind you, but just the efficiency as one of the top shooters in the NBA.
1: Yeah. But I feel like someone has to create those opportunities for him and the jazz do a good job of getting him open looks, but Clarkson's like a relentless gunner that, you know, if he gets hot, he can put up 30. So, but what I would like to see though, is Joe Ingles win. So he can give his press conference speech and his plain black hat, black t-shirt and his black Chuck Taylors and him, you know, just give all these negative jokes about himself. If you ever had a chance to like talk to Joe Ingles, he's probably one of the funniest guys in the NBA he's hilarious
0: he does not take himself seriously he knows he looks like a school teacher out there
1: yeah yeah but he's uh now he's having a great year and um yeah I, but I, I i think they're going to give it to clarkson oh no
0: they! i know they're going to give it to clarkson he's mm-hmm. had all the pub all year long and his game has not tailed off to the point where people would say you know what ingles or anyone else should get it there are very few other candidates this year i think that could compete with jordan clarkson season and like you said at any given point in time he can go off on thirty and the team in Utah has stayed steady even with Donovan Mitchell out of the ballgame. And that a lot of that is due to Jordan Clarkson.
1: Yeah. I Also feel like when people think of a six man, I think of a guy that is a microwave scorer that comes off the bench and Jordan Clarkson fits that fits that bill. You know, it's like your Lou Williams or your your Vinny Johnson or, or those type of guys. So I think he's more so of a I guess traditional Six man, in a sense.
0: I'll tell you what, the next item that we have up for list on the season ending awards from the Lakers fast break, along with my good friend, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Chunkies and the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, most improved player. Now, this one to me is tougher than more than meets the eye. Obviously, the gentleman that was, I think, I think you said it on a podcast that we did a little while back. That he was riding his bicycle around your building at one I'd point
1: in time. I'd see him out my window, the same window I'm looking out right now. I'd see him out there. <laughs> right
0: yeah, now. absolutely. Julius Randall is going to most likely get it, yeah. but I think it. It you know it, if you do not go ahead and put Jalen Brown in that conversation, I think you're doing him a a, a disservice. I think his game has improved dramatically. Where he, no, he's not Tatum, but he's darn close.
1: I, I, I don't know. I, I think some may even take him over Tatum in a sense. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at like, I mean, Tatum had the hype coming in, so he's more of the the bigger name, but I think if you just took away the names and did player A, player B, I, I, I think it would be like 50-50. I mean, Brown was a highly regarded prospect. I'm not making it seem like he was like a second-round pick or anything like that, but Tatum was more known. He was the guy that they were crowning to be, you know, the next franchise guy. Why Jalen Brown has made it definitely close. I mean, I want to say, shall I like close to 40% from three? Yeah, both were lottery picks.
0: Both were in top yeah. 10 picks, but both I know Tatum. Like three, I, think. Yeah. Yeah, I know Tatum is something here at the Lakers fast break. We kind of always frown upon because you know the Lakers should have picked him, but need I digress yeah. on that. And uh, we picked, with,
1: uh Brown too.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We should have picked Brown too but Brown's game has developed because Brown was not a good shooter coming out of college and his game has developed so well over the course of the past year. I mean, since the bubble, he's become so much of a different player, not just a very good sidekick for Tatum. Like you said, someone who is at his level, a peer per se as someone that Boston can rely on. And it was just a shame to see him get injured and it's not going to be available for the playoffs, but, I think it going back to who would win. I think if you don't say Julius Randall, you're kidding yourself.
1: Yeah, I think um, Randall should win. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Like he was probably the most hated Nick at this time last year. Knicks fans absolutely hated him. I remember doing like the Knicks fans TV podcast, and I said I want Julius in Portland, and I got so many tweets like, "We'll help him pack his bags," and, and <laughs> <laughs> because I felt like. Portland and I'm you know I'm a Blazers fan for for the listeners that don't know but I felt like Portland needed like a four man that can make plays for others because the Blazers are always ranked near the bottom of the NBA in assist and Julius can make plays for others his game you know a lot of people may not think his game is the most visually pleasing but I felt like he would have been a good guy for Portland but now he's played himself into a situation where it's nearly impossible to get but. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to win player of the year. I'm sorry, most improved player. If, I mean, the Knicks are not going to get shut out in the awards.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either, especially because it's New York. But it's deserved. If somebody says, you know what, Tom Thibodeau wins, it's not deserved, I think they're wrong. He does deserve it. And if Julius Randle wins the most improved player of the year award or gets on one of the all-NBA teams, it's most deserved. He he has worked really hard. Like you said, riding a yes, bike. He not. could be doing that. Well, actually, he's going to be going to the playoffs, so he can't be doing that. he have to fly back and forth, but he might be doing that again this off season if that comes to pass.
1: Maybe. I mean, I would stick to the same routine. But yeah, I mean, I, I went to quite a few of his workouts, and I, I know, like, for a fact that the workouts that I went to, in order for him to leave or finish, he had to make 30 out of 40 corner threes from each spot. And you know, that's, that's not easy to do, especially if you're not considered a shooter. You know, maybe if you're Steph Curry or Klay Thompson or Durant or Kyrie, 30 out of 40 is pretty easy. But this is a guy who was never really known as a, a shooter, but he put in the work. And, I mean, when I say I, I, every time I would go to the particular gym, he was there. and He was there working. And it was a long offseason, which, you know, in some cases, some guys could have decided to take a break longer than usual. He put in the work. And he ended up, you know, in a good system that was able to showcase all his talents. And he's going to be all NBA. And now he has like a decision to make as far as his contract. I believe there's a hundred million dollar difference on if he signs an extension this year or he plays it out and waits until summer of 22.
0: Oh, I hope um, he stays healthy. I hope he stays healthy. Yeah.
1: I'm glad I don't have to. uh advice him on what to do when there's a hundred million dollars on the line. So exactly. he's good financially with, with that. Yeah. It's going to get a, it's just a difference between 100. I think it's like 106 and two Oh two, something like that.
0: Yeah. But I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for, yeah. him. you know, I, I really appreciated his time with the Lakers, but I, I'm rooting for him because it's, he's a good story. He's worked yeah. hard to make himself that level of player. Can yeah. he sustain it? We're not sure. But again, if the efforts there, you never know the results should follow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like every year Tibbs has a guy that he can put the anointing on in a sense. I mean, I remember the year it was two thousand thirteen, fourteen, then Joaquin Noah was like top five in MVP voting and he was playing point center. And I've seen Tibbs take, you know, a, a team in the playoffs and just say, Hey, Nate Robinson, you're gonna be our guy. You're gonna be our closer. If he if he makes you his guy, then you're going to be successful and he's found ways to win with whoever the guy is. So, but yeah, Julius would be my, my choice. I mean, but who else would be in the running between Julius and Jalen Brown
0: to find any more players that have improved? Tim Hardaway jr. Really came on at the end of the season. Yeah. I think people see him in a different, a little bit different light now, but he's not close to those two. I mean, there's no real player that went from a good player to a great player like Jalen Brown and also Julius Randall. No one else in that context stood out to that, I guess, extreme SGA. He didn't play enough games because Oklahoma city sat him down, but I think I see him as someone who will be at that level. If he's not there already, I think yeah. at some point in time, yeah, because he's really good. Anybody who hasn't checked out Oklahoma city games with SGA really got to go ahead and check out because i think he's jordan Poole, jamie sweet no i'm sorry wiggins no i'm sorry jamie sweet none of the golden state warriors on this most improved list right now i'm sorry mm-hmm. but we will go ahead and say for now i think julius Randle's going to get it but jalen brown is a very strong second i think i think we're both in agreement on that yeah we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC multiverse. That is by far my favorite. Because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it.
1: A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years.
0: Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Well, the last couple awards are coming up, and that is going to be the All NBA Teams, first, second, and third. So, for first part of it, (laughs) yeah. So, here we go for the arguments. The chat board is going to run wild right now. So, everybody, you want to put in your names in the chat board? Go ahead. But we're going to start with the NBA first team. I'm going to give it over to you, my friend. As if you had to pick five, like the NBA, you're you're, you know, had sent you a ballot to go ahead and fill out. Who is your NBA first team? We'll start off with that.
1: This is tough. All right. So, you have to. Go with the success, the Sons of had. So I go with Chris Paul. as my point guard. Oh, man. Center is tough because, you know, you can go with Gobert. You can go with Embiid. You can go with Jokic. And I, I saw somewhere that both can be listed as fours. I'm going with a uh, traditional all NBA. Yeah, like, let's I'm just go with the, the traditional tradition.
0: because we start getting cute like that. Like yeah. I know the NBA has gotten a little bit cute in regards to that voting process. Uh, it just makes for uh even bigger arguments. So let's just go with the traditional two guards who mainly play at guard, two forwards who mainly play at forward and a center.
1: All right. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna do it in a weird way. I think it's gonna be like the first guy to ever well, I think yeah, all right, so. I'm going with Go It's my first team, which is going to shock people, but Utah's entire system is built around his defense. It's you take him off the floor, I think he just set a record this year for like plus minus, like he is the most impactful player even though he's not like, you know, his game isn't the sexiest, but it's tough to have the best record in the West and not have a guy that's all NBA, which I mean, there's a chance that they won't have anybody on the All NBA teams, so I'm gonna go with Gobert, and I'm gonna go with Jokic, based off of <laughs> the rules, allow both of them to play together.
0: Well, see now um, you're changing, and I thought it was we were gonna go traditional.
1: I thought about it, but then I just oh, yeah, just see, see just how I you think. are. Well, uh, yeah, I switched it up at the last minute. Um, shooting guard, oh man, I want to say Harden. But I mean, he missed like the last month of the season, um, so I'll go Steph, which should have been. So I, I got CP3 Steph. All right, I'll take Jokic off CP3 Steph. I'll go with Luke at the three, and I'm going Julius at the four.
0: <laughs> really? Wow! For that's your first team. That's a that's quite a first team. I know. Sure. It's it's kind of tough. If you're going traditional for me, because that means you're going to have to cut out one or two top five MVP candidates right there. I'm going to go with Jokic as my center. I'm going to go with Giannis Atendokounmpo as one of my forwards.
1: He's had like this season that nobody's talking about. And it's just exactly just the whole the, Milwaukee's
0: team. been under. because I think they've not met the, you know, like last year, they were 60. Before that, they were 60. And I guess the rise was not going to be as good. They're, they're, they're going to be, I think, maybe if it ended in an 82-game season, they would be somewhere around 55 or something. It, it was slightly less than what they did last year. That's why I they think they've gone under the radar. But uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo on my first team. Jokic. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Luca. Hmm. That third spot that, I mean, that final fifth spot is going to be very interesting for me. You know, if you left it on a traditional forward sense, who that's a good thing to talk about right there, because you've got lots of options. Like I will go ahead and make Luca my small forward and I will go ahead and put uh Damian Lillard as my uh, fifth right there for you. Cause I think uh, they've been around all season long and they've got the numbers. I think Chris Paul is right there. I think uh, also as well, Joel Embiid is right there. But I'm going to have to go ahead and say, at this point of time, Jokic, Steph, Luca, Giannis, and Dame. I think that's probably going to be my my uh, first team right there for you. So, with that being said, and we've got some great. I'll let you think about your second team here. Yeah, I had second.
1: to write it. I had to write it down.
0: <laughs> I'm going to type it in in the chat. I'm going to say for uh, while we go ahead and think of our second teams right now. Michael Johnson said for his first team, Jokic, Luka, Steph, Giannis, and Dame. That's similar to mine. In fact, that's exactly mine. So great minds think alike right there. Jamie Sweet had Steph, CP3, Jokic, Mitchell, and Julius. Not too bad at all. Michael Johnson for his second team had Embiid, Randall, Braun, CP3, and Butler. With Braun, to me, it's about the games that have been played. So I'm not. I'm still kind of thinking in my head for that one. And uh, so that we've got right now. So your thoughts on a second team, all NBA,
1: my second team, I'm going with Harden. I don't even know if we can hold it against guys about their games because
0: well, with Harden, the only thing is the MVP. And, and you know, I know you're a huge Harden fan, I, you know, I, and I appreciate his game as well as one of the greatest offensive players of all time. But also the way he started with Houston. I'm not exactly in love with the way he he handled himself right there.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that I, I guess maybe I'm biased. I'm giving him a pass simply because he was the everyone wanted out. I mean, now the stories are coming out from you know from Dantoni to Maury to Westbrook to you know some of the executives. Like there's something really, really bad that went on there that nobody has mentioned and i think that harden just used his power to to get him out i think he was wearing a fat suit because it was like he looked (laughs) and then when he got to brooklyn he looked like he got in shape as soon as he got on the plane but i mean he was playing phenomenal before he got hurt and and harden doesn't miss games like he's one of the guys that i feel like is a true iron man and so for him to miss those games It was, um, yeah, it's just something that he doesn't do. But, yeah, I'm going to go Harden. Second team, I'm going with Kyrie. I mean, was he the ninth player in NBA history to have a 50-40-90 season? And I want to say he was the second or third to ever do it, averaging over 25 a game. I want to say maybe it was him and, no, Stefan Durant did it. So, I mean, he had a record-setting season. LeBron, Giannis, and Jokic.
0: There you go. That's a very solid one indeed. For me, second team is Embiid, Julius Randle, Chris Paul, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving. I think, like you said, Kyrie Irving. Those numbers speak for itself. You can say what you want about what he says, and uh, actually, I gave him a compliment about you know how he has his thoughts right now. What's going on overseas with all the violence going on, and I give him total credit for that. And you could talk about the flat Earth and all this other stuff he said in the past, but you know what? His game has done the talking when he's there, when he's not going on personal leave or anything like that. He's actually played the most, I think of the big three that's been there this year. I think he's played the most games and he's done quite a whale of a job with 50, 40, 90, like you said, and over 25 points a game. One of the very few to do ever do that. So Embiid, Randall, Paul, LeBron and Kyrie for me, I think on that one. So
1: I I think everything Kyrie is doing is strategic. So he's, He's and I, I've mentioned it. I actually mentioned on my podcast yesterday, he's playing well. He's playing at a very high level and he chose to go to the largest media market in the world to use his platform to talk about things that he cares about. And if he was playing bad, and if he wasn't productive, then it would the focus would be on how bad he's playing. But yeah. he's playing. I mean, you can arguably say this is the best basketball of his career. And while I think it's strategic for him to make it seem like he's just doing it like part time, like he's just kind of focusing on the world and he's coming out there and, and, and dominating games. But I think it's strategic because he has a big platform and he's using it in a way that he feels is positive, which, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people just want him to just talk about basketball and not talk about anything else. But I think it's all strategic for him to do this in New York.
0: And again, he's bringing out in this occasion, he's he's saying a lot of good things about what people should pay their attention to and not just basketball at this point in time, especially with what's going on around the world. So definitely agree with him on that one. Want to go ahead while we talk about our third team all NBA, Michael Johnson dropped his third team, Gobert, Irving, Booker, Kawhi and Tatum. Very good five right there for you. So my compliments on, on that. And I know with that being said, there's a third team all NBA for me, this gets a lot harder because there's going to be a name that you're going to leave out that you really don't want to leave out. So I apologize to anybody in advance that I didn't get your favorite player or a player that you think should be in the mix. It is not because it is intentional, but there's just for this last five spots, there's like 10 players. So you got to try and plug them in. So with that being said, my friend, third-team All-NBA for you.
1: Man, this is tough. It's going to be I, a lot of guard. I told you.
0: Is it not going to be easy?
1: I'm going to go Booker, Mitchell. I, I can't even go traditional. I don't even think I can go traditional.
0: Yeah, we, we yeah. sort Embiid of like, we thought we were going to go traditional, but you messed that up on the first team. So that's a well, I switched involved. it back.
1: I switched it back because I had you. Oh,
0: how nice to you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I switched it back. <laughs> tell to me. Then, tell game. me. So Embiid is a lock. And I just feel like it's between Booker, Mitchell, Bill, Dame, Westbrook, Tatum, Paul George had a good year. It's 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 tough. Maybe I need to look at the, and, and look and see who would be eligible for a supermax and and, and help somebody get an extra 50 or 60 million dollars.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if I can go traditional. If I go traditional. I definitely have to put Durant in, which I think he's had an all-NBA caliber season, but he's missed so many games, which, you know, he can make the case for quite a few guys. Jimmy Butler quietly had a really productive year. Yes, he did. But he missed quite a few games and got off to, like, a really, really slow start. And then I think Miami's only, like, the sixth seed. So Bradley Beal was second in the league in scoring. Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I I reward winning, so I feel like, yeah, I I think it's – Going back to non-tradition, I'm going to go Booker, Mitchell, Bill, Dame, and Embiid.
0: Well, I tell you what, we need like a fourth, all-NBA fourth team like that. If that was the case, if we could do it. And for me, the hardest part is Devin Booker. I, I don't know where I can fit him in. He's really had an outstanding year, and he deserves a lot of credit. And it's very hard for me to leave him out. And I'm going to probably regret this, but I am going to leave him out. He is going to be right there on the cusp for me. And I, I'm saying Westbrook, Gobert, Kawhi, George, and Harden. I mean, you just you can't go wrong, but you're not exactly 100% right because, again, so many players. Tatum is not on my list, and he deserves a lot of credit. And then, like, like I said, Booker, Mitchell. I mean, there's so many great players. It, it's so hard because, again, like I said, for that final five spots, there's like 10 players right there. Did you, did and, you have Michael Johnson forgot about Beal. Beal, too. He was Thank second in the league, league of scoring. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I thought about putting Westbrook on that list, but it's like, all right, do you reward two guys that are in the play-in game you <laughs> your All-NBA team? Yeah.
0: That's what? why I added Kawhi and George. Yeah, they missed games, and, and so did Harden, but at times they were talked about in an MVP fashion, and Booker wasn't really talked about in an MVP
1: Which fashion. He should have been. I mean, he averaged – I don't know any player – in history that can average 25 points per game, be the leading scorer on the team with the second best record in the West. And, and not be considered. Yeah. I mean, he did he even make the all-star team. I think he was like a, a if he did make it, he, he was, was added a in for yeah. AD. Yeah. Yeah. he's ha- He has to feel like he's underappreciated and, and undervalued. He is. And he's so young. Like this is, I, I saw something like, he's like, Three years younger than Buddy Hill, and they came out in different draft classes or something like that. He's, yeah, I mean, I, for whatever reason, he hasn't been given enough credit, in my opinion.
0: Jamie Sweet for has his for team for the second all team Kyrie, Tatum, Booker, and B. Julius. I mean, you, everybody out there has, has some great picks. Raphael has some awesome picks. You just can't go wrong. There's just no argument. There's no individual that does not stand out. It's been that good of a year statistically. And I think the way that this pace and space and the way that offense is at a premium right now in the NBA, you're going to find more and more individuals like that who stand out. I didn't even put Kevin Durant. Like you said, he missed a lot of games, but when he was in there, he was playing at a at a great level. So I, I don't know. The, it's just so hard to choose this year. Anthony Davis did not have the year I was hoping for until the very end. So I could not put him on there. He he was somebody that would normally be on there and be considered. So
1: Yeah, uh, I you- feel like he... Just, just didn't play not this year. Yeah, he just didn't have the same energy. Yeah, as as he as he had. I, I mean, think that turnaround Yeah,
0: I think that turnaround did a lot for him as far as that's concerned. Jamie Sweet's third team was LBJ, Gobert, Russ, Beal, and Draymond. Draymond Green. That's a surprise, especially someone who was so bad at the, the beginning of the season as far as the scoring is concerned. Picked it up to the point where. It's acceptable, but obviously he's there for his defensive playmaking skills.
1: I mean, he, he averaged a career high. I think he set a record this year for most assists per game for an NBA history for a frontcourt player. If he did do it, well, I think him both him and Jokic probably broke the yeah. record.
0: Yeah, definitely a, a great season indeed by both those guys. So that comes down finally to our last award of the Lakers fast break seasonal ending awards. And that is the MVP, which I know we're going to make someone angry, as only you and I can do. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on the contenders to the MVP and who your ultimate MVP will be.
1: In my opinion, the MVP is the candidates are made up prior to the season. And if you're not one of those guys that they had already projected to be in that list, it's going to be hard to crack it. So – Jokic was on that short list with Braun or AD and Luka. Luka was a favorite coming in. He was an overwhelming
0: favorite.
1: Yeah. If the Mavs didn't get off to that slow start, yeah. They were like nine and 14. I remember, like, out of their first 20 games they played, only Luka and maybe one other person had played in 12. Like, COVID just COVID and injuries kind of got them off to a slow start, but they finished strong. I mean, they finished. Fifth seed after being below 500 I thought he was just as productive As last year he improved as a shooter But in my opinion Everybody's going to go at Jokic But the player that I think Is the most valuable Is Chris Paul and the reason why I don't Think he's going to get it is because he Wasn't on that short list prior to the season But I mean as far as Impact and Taking a Suns team that hadn't been to The playoffs since I mean, Obama was the president. <laughs> he's he's had the biggest impact. So that was who I would give for the MVP. But and it's and Phoenix, one of the reasons Phoenix has been so good this year is because I feel like and I could be wrong here, they are one of the teams that remain healthy most of the season. I don't remember them having like any of their top players miss any significant time. Mm-hmm. I think that's played a role in and why they have such a good record. But yeah, yeah I, I would say Chris Paul, even though I don't think he'll get it. I mean, I think the MVP is going to go to Jokic.
0: Yeah, I think the MVP is going to go to Jokic. I'm actually also leaning personally on, on Jokic because he's been there game in, game out for Denver, and he's been everything for them this year. With Murray inconsistent play at the start of the season, then he finally really started to get going. And then once he started to really get going – Unfortunately, it fell short with his devastating knee injury. And I hope he's able to recover and be the player that he once was. And Denver was still able to go ahead and maintain a very good record. As, you know, I think they were like nine and one after he got injured. And that mm-hmm. a lot of that, yeah, a lot of that is due to Jokic. And I'll tell you what, I'm I gotta go ahead and give it to him, in my personal opinion. Paul is obviously for me as well a top five candidate because of what he's brought and the mentality that he's brought to Phoenix and put them in that realm. I also got to think you got to consider Joel Embiid as a number two slot right there. And Steph, number three, I'd say Paul, number four and number five. I think at this point in time, because they're based on the records, I probably go, I probably go as a number five, Luca, I think just because the records in the end that they were to finish, you know, in the standings just above what Dame did. So.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it's. I mean, you, you can't go wrong either way. I know Paul is not gonna have the numbers. Like I try to compare it to Steve Nash's MVP seasons, and even though the the pace is a lot faster today than it was there, Chris Paul's numbers don't even, you know, match up to Steve Nash. I want to say Nash has like eleven assists or something like that. So Jokic is gonna win because he has the numbers, but I just feel like, you know, it's second best record in the West. And he is the the glue, even though some may say, well, you know, Phoenix finished strong last year. I think they won like what their last nine in a row in the bubble. So they yeah. were trending in that direction. But I, I think that um, they have overachieved. I think if you start at the beginning of the year and you said Denver was going to be a third seed, I don't think anybody would have been too shocked by that. Yeah. But for Phoenix, number two, it's uh, Chris Paul deserves a lot of credit for that.
0: We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, once again, it's my good friend, Raphael Barlow from NBA draft junkies dash radio. And of course the locked on NBA draft podcast, please check out all of his work today. He has shows dropping every Monday and Thursday dash radio, I believe is also on Monday and of course, nbadraftjunkies.com, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. Please be part of this whole Rafael Barlow experience. It's no longer NBA Draft Junkies. It's the Rafael mm-hmm. Barlow experience that encompasses the multimedia aspect. And I'm hoping that you can add on that video aspect as well. So you can yeah. you know latch on with a great sports network and you can be that man that they go to as far as their draft expert. And so I'm rooting for you, my friend. Definitely rooting for you indeed. But before we head on out, there are two games I want to go ahead and do a preview on tomorrow, and that is the playing games already. Just you know, turn around, season's over, right into the playing games. I want to hear your thoughts on, first off, the Charlotte-Indiana matchup with Indiana at the number nine slot, hosting Charlotte. Charlotte, I know you said they were doing okay at, in his absence, but I think they kind of fell a little bit down because they were up as high, I think, as four or five, I, I remember at one time, when they were really doing well And they're now number 10. So they have fallen a little bit. uh, But I want to hear your thoughts on Charlotte. Can they go ahead and pull off this victory at Indiana? Indiana has some disarray. Uh, The coach has uh, had some hard times as of late. They do have some injury uh, issues that they need to address as well. So can they pull off the upset in Indiana tomorrow?
1: I think so. But before I get into my question, I want to ask you a question. I want to flip it. Oh, here I'm we so go. used to be the interviewer now. Okay. What are your thoughts on the play in tournament? Like it's such a divisive topic now. You know, there are people that are saying, well nobody complained about it until their team or until they were exactly. in Exactly. So, how do you feel about it?
0: Well, you know, as of course, Lakers fast break and I'm a huge Lakers fan and I know a lot of Lakers fans out there are, are not too pleased about the setup, but I think you got to be, yeah, I think you've known me by now. I look at the overall benefit and overall negative values of anything. And at first I was like, you know, way back when, when they first started talking about it's like, eh, I don't know, but you know what, as the season has gone on, it's created excitement and it's created interest. And it's created a buy-in from teams seven or actually teams five through 12 for at least the past couple of weeks. Fans of these teams have paid attention to what's going on. Can they make the playoffs? Can they make the play-on? Are they going to fall into the play-on? You know, all these different scenarios. It's created that interest and excitement at the end of the season that a lot of times is not generated by the normal regular season. So the NBA deserves a pat on the back. The only thing I've ever said in the past month or so about it is that they needed to make it more understandable to a general audience, not to the NBA hardcores. To a general audience, because for many weeks it was hard for them to explain. Okay, the seventh plays the eighth, and the ninth plays the tenth, and then if, you know, if one loses, and then it it seemed a little bit complicated when you tried to explain it. If it took you longer than a minute to explain it, that's a little bit too complicated. So they should have made it just seven through ten, eight to nine, and there you go. That's to me, it was a little bit simpler if they did that. But outside of that, again, the play-in concept itself, I think, is a win for the NBA, and I think it's here to stay. And I like it. I, I really like it because it's created that interest among that bottom tier. And you know what, the Lakers—they ended up that way. They've got to play it. You know what, they got to go ahead and win for the championship from there. That's what they got to do.
1: Yeah, I think there's a divide because. It's exciting for the fans, but I don't think the players like it. Oh, I don't no, think the they players don't care until they're in that position to where they yeah. have to play in it. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think it's good. I mean, I'm going to be tuning in. It feels like the playoffs start like a week or so early because I, I, I think in a normal year, the Lakers aren't bringing Braun back or, or Davis like the game yesterday against the Pelicans. I don't think they would have played if there wasn't like play in implications. Yeah. But as far as your original question, man, that's it's gonna be a good game. I, I think I think Charlotte should win. I think Charlotte should win. I feel like they have a little bit more firepower on on offense. Indiana's been, you know, disappointing. I mean they have had injuries you know, TJ Warren was a, a big player for them last year in the bubble. Levert, they they made the trade. And then Levert wasn't there, you know, in the first, I don't know, maybe month or, or, or two, something like that when they made the trade. So I mean those two guys are are, are guys that are 20 points per game scores or you know, are a threat to score 20 or 30 every night, not having them on the floor definitely hurts. I still think the fit between Savonis and Miles Turner isn't the most ideal as far as yeah. like complementing each other. I don't know which direction they're going to go or how long they're going to, you know, keep them together. But, um, yeah, I, I think Charlotte has a little bit more firepower. And also, if you're like a conspiracy theorist, you know, Adam Silver would much rather have LaMelo Ball and Charlotte in the playoffs as opposed to the Indiana Pacers. There's nobody on Indiana that I think the NBA would consider being marketable or exciting or, or fun to watch. So if you get a... exactly. Hornets versus, I mean, who would they play? Nets or Hornets versus Sixers or something like that. I mean, I think people would watch because, you know, every year in the, the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, you always have like this number one seed and they're playing, you know, that five o'clock game on NBA TV that nobody cares about. I think yeah. LaMelo in the playoffs would generate some buzz.
0: Well, I agree with you, my friend. I think Charlotte is going to take it. I think they'll they'll upset Indiana, and I think Nate Bjorkman
1: mm-hmm. is
0: not going to be long as the coach of the Indiana Pacers. I think if that happens, and if that's the case, sorry to hear that. But then they got to go ahead and split those two up, like you said. They're not a great match with each other as far as Sabonis and and Turner are concerned, and maybe Turner will be. You know, traded to the Blazers or the Lakers. Let's hope the Lakers for me, and let's hope for the Blazers for you, because that would be a great compliment. I think Turner would be an outstanding player on either of those teams if that happens. But let's go into what we think would be a good 7-8 matchup is going to be the Washington Wizards really riding off a high, played their way in, earned every bit of it. And after a dismal beginnings with COVID, injuries, the whole nine yards, They've come back strong, and they're playing in Boston, a depleted Boston team. Jalen Brown, of course, we talked about his being out. I think Washington, if Beale can play, I know beale has got his hamstring issues. If Beale can be effective, I think mm-hmm. there's no stopping wizard in this game.
1: Does Washington have enough firepower if one of those guys is cold? But this Boston situation, I feel like hasn't been talked about enough. You know, a lot of people are... Disappointed in their season. Even when Brown was healthy, they've underachieved. And I, I feel like Brad Stevens has got some heat from some people. But if you look at their roster, if they would have decided to pay Horford what he was getting on the open market, that would get like 110 million, or if they would have paid Hayward the 120 million, they would have been better. But people would have been like, why would you pay those guys? 200-and-something million dollars. They made the choice of not paying those guys, and now their roster is depleted. And, you know, you have, I think, Tatum and Brown have overlapping skill sets in a sense. Kimba hasn't been healthy. So I think they're just in this weird predicament because fans wouldn't have been happy if they... I mean, they would have been on the hook paying those guys, and then they, they let them go, which I don't think anybody was sad about but this is what happens now you're you know you're one you know one of your guys get injured and now you really have like one go-to score in a sense so
0: plus they have know. that cache, a a real large cache of draft picks over the past five years that for the most part i'm not going to say there's been a couple good picks in there but for the most part has been squandered by danny H. I i think you can you can blame brad stevens a little bit but i think the blame should go a little bit higher than that.
1: Yeah, I think he gambled on Memphis because I think last year's pick was projected to be a lottery pick. Like, who would have thought Memphis was going to be a you know, a pretty team. good team? So, yeah, I mean, that pick ended up being like 14 or 15, which I'm sure they were projecting it to be number two or number three. In my opinion, I feel like Ainge was hoarding all of those picks for Anthony Davis. And the Lakers came in and and swooped him up and, you know, his dad made the comment that he wasn't going to play there. So I think that gamble really, really hurt them. I think maybe before people thought that they should have traded it for Paul George, but I think he saw AD as the big prize and he gambled. And, you know, once AD became technically a free agent he wasn't, you know, he was already signed, sealed and delivered to the Lakers. So I mean, that, I, looking back at it, you can say that was a mistake, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a tough situation because if you just look at their roster, some of the guys that are playing rotation minutes for them, they're, they're not quality rotational players on the playoff team. Like yeah. after Tatum, Brown, Smart, Walker, I think there's a significant drop off from there. And not, so, I mean, Fournier's been good, but yeah, a lot of overlapping skill sets.
0: So you think in the end, uh, tomorrow night's game is going to happen. I think Washington is going to win personally. Who do you have?
1: Oh, man, man. I feel like you put me on the hot seat today. Well,
0: that's <laughs> what we're all about here at the Lakers fast break, my friend.
1: I think Washington has the, the momentum right now. Okay. And, and I think that they'll win. Scotty Brooks has survived another yes. another year. Man, I think I—I I think last year I felt like he may have been done. He was able to, you know, get the benefit of the doubt because Wall was gone. Then they got off to such a slow start this year. He was able to weather the storm. I remember him then, making the
0: comments that he would wave high through a window at his players because of all the COVID
1: restrictions. Yep, yeah, So that saved him. And I mean, it, it's his man. Like it's the same guy that's been with him for years in Oklahoma City. Was able yeah. to. To, to save his job again, and and um, yeah, I mean, I just think Washington has the momentum, but like you said, it all depends on on Bill. Like, how's that hamstring? It it can tighten up, you know, in any minute during the game, yes. and then same thing really with Harden.
0: Move. Same thing with a couple other players as well, with the ankles with the uh, Lakers with uh, both Davis and LeBron. That can yeah. happen anytime.
1: I mean, I think the difference is I think Harden was probably ready to play, but Brooklyn has the talent to where you know we can rest him until we feel like he's close to a hundred percent i mm. think they've been doing that pretty much most of the year i've been had the game and he must have came back for like a quarter but i think i mean they have the luxury and the talent to be able to be a little cautious washington doesn't okay yeah so i, I think that's that's the big difference um but yeah i mean they have the momentum and i mean one of the, the most underrated trades at the deadline was getting Daniel Gaffer. I know he's not starting, but he's given them like a vertical lob threat. He's given them, you know, some athleticism. I feel like Washington is probably like the outside of Westbrook, like one of the least athletic teams in the NBA. So he, he's been able to give them some athleticism in the front court and just kind of stretch the floor vertically. And because um, you know, Russ is getting downhill, but if you give Russ a guy that he can lob the ball to, I think it makes him makes him a threat so yeah I'm, I'm gonna go to washington
0: well i'll tell you what my friend some very deep insight there once again it's rafael barlow from nba draft junkies the locked on nba draft podcast dash radio and so much more please check out all the great stuff that he's doing today on all those outlets but before we go i do want to mention that we will be back tomorrow to go ahead and preview both western conference plans so we're going to go ahead and do that With Jamie Sweet, I think it's going to stop by, Laker, Tom, and the whole gang. Raphael, if you want to drop by later on in the week after all the plans are done, I want to go ahead and preview the NBA playoffs. So if you're interested, you're always welcome. You know the red carpet's always out for you, my friend. So if you you ever have time, because I know you're busy with all the stuff you're doing, but if you want, you're welcome back at any point in time.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll join in tomorrow.
0: Okay, fair Uh, enough, fair enough. I'm going to do around 6 p.m. Pacific if that works for you.
1: 6 p.m. Okay. Yep. That works.
0: 9 Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Okay. Sounds good. But before we head on out, my friend, you got to tell everybody why they need to check out all your tremendous array of experiences. Again, if you get video, that's going to be added one more. I mean, your resume, you've already had this huge resume of all this great content. And then in the past two years, it's been like double. So (laughs) tell me all about what you're doing and, and why people need to check out what you got.
1: Well, I guess I can thank COVID for that because if it wasn't for COVID, I'd be probably in some other country somewhere. But, um, yeah, I mean, NBA Draft Junkies, it's like draft season. I've been able to go to a few workouts, so I plan on having some content of exclusive workouts. I have a few videos that I that I need to edit. I've already put one up. It was uh, Kofi Cockburn, the seven-foot man child from Illinois. So I had a chance to watch him up close and personal. Um, got the podcast, like you mentioned, it's on Locked On NBA Draft. It's every Monday and Thursdays, and then a YouTube channel, NBA Draft Junkie. So what I'm starting to do now is just scale the content. So if you, if you miss it on Locked On, if you want to see the visual version, it's, it's on YouTube. I'll break it up into three segments so you don't have to watch a whole 30-minute video on YouTube. Some people may like it, but I guess I'm stealing it from... DJ Vlad in a sense, even though I hate it when he has like an hour long interview and he breaks it up into 25 parts and it takes a whole month to watch the whole interview, but it seems to be pretty successful for him. I won't do it into that. But yeah, I, I think I thought about it today. It's not in concrete, but I may do, you know, for my podcast, break it up into three different segments. So that way I have at least six different videos at the minimum during the week. And some people are more visual and they prefer to watch as opposed to listening. So that's the plan. And then I just got to update my website, and I should be doing a, a mock draft 2.0 pretty soon. And, but, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty busy. It's, it's been really busy, and busy is good, I guess.
0: Well, there you go. That busy is good indeed. But also for me on the NBA draft, I've got my big board just about ready. In fact, I've got my 30 names. I'm just putting filling out the description, so – I'm just about there and just about ready to showcase that on lakerholics.com and a very great amount of places. In fact, I'm going to talk to you and see if I can drop it on Hoopheads and also Pop Culture Cosmos, so look out for that. So you and I will be also, when we get those finalized lottery and the mock drafts, we can start going with the mock drafts, so definitely going to bring you back for that as well. I know that's your busiest time is when the mock drafts begin, so I'm looking forward to hearing more great podcasts from you, at the Locked On Podcast Network, both Mondays and Thursdays. Is that correct?
1: Yep. I may, I think there's a gap, or there's an opening on Friday, so I may, depending on how I feel, maybe occasionally drop some on Fridays also. So I have to check with the show coordinator for that, but I think it's a possibility.
0: Friday is always a good day to drop something. Take it from someone who knows. There seems to be a great audience on Friday. Really. Saturday and Sunday, kind of iffy, but Friday people check out stuff, so it's the end of the work week.
1: All right. Well, I need to add that. Got to gotta work.
0: <laughs> there you go. People love talking about the NBA draft. They love hearing what you got. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, Dash Radio. Also as well, the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. There isn't anything that this man doesn't know about the NBA draft. International prospects are his specialty, but also he knows all the stuff that's going on with the college graduates, high schoolers, and everything else. For anything NBA draft, there is no better place to go than the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. All right. Well, Jamie Sweet also as well. want to thanks so much. So many people that were part of the chat today. Michael Johnson. want to go ahead and also give a big shout out to Kevin Somani, Lachelle C. Johnson, V. Garcia. He was on here as well. Cannot thank everybody enough. And if you want to go ahead, check out everything that Raphael does and everything that we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. You have any questions for us at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter? Also, as well, he's at Barlow 500 and at NBA Draft Junkies on Twitter. And of course, Lakers Fast Break at yahoo.com. My friend, I will see you tomorrow. For the preview of the Western Conference playing game. So we'll see how that goes. And also if we get a chance as well. And if we're it's not too late, we'll go ahead and wrap up the Eastern Conference to tell everybody and give everybody an update on that. So looking forward to hearing your thoughts and also everyone else's. And we'll be back tomorrow, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.